Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Keep the Faith brings you timely messages with in-depth spiritual analysis of current events in light of Bible prophecy so you can prepare for the coming of Jesus. Listen to what the news won't tell you. Here is another important message for our times. This is Pastor Hal Mayer. I want to begin by saying thank you to each listener for your prayers and support for Elder Nelson over the years. His ministry through Keep the Faith has been a marvelous blessing to unknown thousands and thousands of people around the world. Please continue to pray for him along with his wife, Dean. They would greatly appreciate that. Your letters of appreciation to them are a great encouragement also. Please feel free to send a card or a note to them at our usual address. We will be glad to see that they get them. Please pray for me also as I begin to prepare the monthly messages for Keep the Faith ministry. I will need a double portion of the Holy Spirit to do this work. It is a heavy responsibility which I take very seriously. I have a lot of vision for how Keep the Faith can be a help and a blessing to you, and by God's grace, I will bring you messages that will stir you and prepare you for the coming crisis. I also hope to find a way to keep you informed about developments in religious liberty so you can watch the hand of God in overseeing the affairs of this world and providing for His people the peace they need in time of trouble. This world is in great trouble, and according to the Bible, the trouble will only increase. May God help us as we earnestly seek His guidance and blessing. My message this month is entitled, America's Power Unleashed. Revelation 13 makes some amazing predictions about what America will become. This is vital for you to know because it is leading to the most devastating result, the oppressive universal Sunday law. But before we begin, let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the scriptures to guide our path in these last days. Make them come alive. Wake us up. Help us to see the unrushing events in their true light as we near the end of time. May this vital message today help us to prepare for Jesus' coming. In his name I pray. Amen. Revelation 13, 11 through 13 says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, 
and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. This interesting passage brings to light some things that many do not understand. Students of Bible prophecy know that America is the lamb-like beast. However, she is not going to re remain docile like a lamb, but she is going to rise higher and higher in power and dominance on the world stage. She will become more and more arrogant until at last she decrees the no-buy, no-sell law of verse 17 and enforces the Sunday law not only on her own people, but on the whole world. Notice that he exercises all the power of the first beast. What kind of power did the first beast actually wield? Bible students have known since the time of the Reformation that the Roman papacy is the first beast. Its medieval power to coerce conscience consisted of controlling the state and using it to accomplish its own purposes. The old world papacy depended on a coalition of feudal kings willing to wield the sword of steel to support her religious laws. This pagan principle of combining religion and civil government greatly served the interests of the church by controlling the masses. But this passage reveals that America will exercise the same type and force of power on the whole world today as the papacy did in the old world. America will be the instrument that causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. Imagine that. America will become much more powerful and forceful than she is even at present. America will dictate to all nations of the earth, not just to Americans, that they must worship the papacy by hallowing her Sabbath. How is America going to become as strong in the new world as the papacy was in the old? There are many who think that such an idea has little credibility. Yet, that is what the Bible teaches. Since September 11, 2001, it is becoming easier to see how this can happen. Those who are daily studying the prophecies in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy with Jesus Christ will be enlightened when events unfold around them while others remain in darkness. The scripture says he had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon. In scripture, Christ is the lamb. When America began, it was Christ-like and did not force the conscience. It permitted each citizen to practice his own religion according to his conscience. Many nations modeled their constitutions similar to the U.S., but eventually 
America will speak like Satan the dragon, removing the religious freedom that for more than two centuries has blessed its inhabitants. This is totally unsuspected by those who do not understand or who are not paying attention to fulfilling prophecy. After World War II, the world was divided into partitions that then engaged in a cold war. The superpowers tended to balance each other, but this balance was disrupted. The Cold War ended. And most people hoped that the new world after 1989 would be peaceful without the threat of annihilation. But instead of peace... The world is now full of little dictators, many of whom are bent on increasing their share of political influence. When the Cold War ended, America became the only remaining superpower. Many people have failed to see the uniqueness of this situation and its relation to prophecy. No other power in history has been in the position that America is in now. The Roman Empire was quite large, but the Persian Empire and the still larger China beyond were significant in their own right. Even when Britain was at its height of world power, there were the other next greatest powers such as Spain contending for the preeminent spot in world politics. But America is way out and beyond all other nations in world power. For example, America outspends the next 20 countries combined on its military which is a vital component to world dominance. Its navy, air force, and space power are unrivaled. But America's dominance goes beyond these international interests and includes its economy, its technology, and even its language. America is now in the position of being the only super, superpower on every front of international influence. And this dominance is leading to the ultimate political power, enforcement of oppressive religious laws on God's faithful people worldwide. Recently, I read an amazing document written by a group of individuals that are now household names to many of you in the United States. This document was written about 12 years ago, and it was the vision of what America would become in the future to these authors. They did not describe America as merely the preeminent power in the world, but described their America as dominating world politics. What is the difference between preeminence and dominance? Preeminence would describe an America that is the most powerful country, but a benevolent power, 
unconcerned with controlling other nations and willing to let them hew their own course without intervention from America, unless, of course, they would threaten our sovereignty or our nation's geographical boundaries. These men spoke of America as a dominant power. This means something entirely different than a preeminent power. It refers to America as a controlling political force in the world. It refers to America as interfering in other nations' affairs, even if there is no direct threat to America. Would you like to know who these men are that wrote this document more than a decade ago? I will tell you. You will no doubt recognize most of them. They include Dick Cheney, Vice President of the United States, Donald Rumsfeld, Secretary of State, Paul Wolfowitz, Deputy Secretary of State, John Ashcroft, the leader of the Department of Justice. These men are now in the position of making the very things they envisioned for America come into existence. They did not write their document from their own imagination. They could see the future. All you really need to know is a bit of history and the agenda of the New World Order. And you can predict about as accurately as they did what is going to happen in the future. But we have a more sure word of prophecy to go on. We don't have to sit in darkness trying to figure out what is going to happen by guessing at it. We can see it because it is all spelled out in the Bible. Revelation 13 now reads like the morning newspaper. If you understand prophecy, you can tell what these men and other men will do. American leaders are determined to gain unlimited control over the affairs of this world. So what if there is opposition? They aren't worried about that. They don't have prophecy like we do, but they know that they and their successors are destined to rule the world from Washington, D.C. Think about it. Where does the U.N. reside? In the United States. That is no accident. Where is the World Bank located? The United States. That is no accident either. Where is the most powerful military in the world located? The United States of America. Again, this is no accident. It has been prophesied and has come to pass just as God said it would. Isn't it wonderful that God's word is so reliable? There are many, some even among Seventh-day Adventists, that say that the traditional interpretation of Revelation by Seventh-day Adventists is outdated and irrelevant today, and that it will not come to pass. Do you believe that? I certainly don't. 
I believe that God's word and his prophets spoke of things that are certainties. They will come to pass. They didn't speak of things that they merely speculated about. Today, there are many that speculate by giving false interpretations of prophecy. Just look at the popularity of the Left Behind series. People are being deceived by the millions by this fictional idea. Yet Seventh-day Adventists have been predicting the very things that are now coming to pass for over a hundred and sixty years. These seemingly impossible prophecies are now fulfilling. Aren't you glad to be alive right now to watch these things unfold? Let's move on. Since the Cold War ended, America has been stealthily building its military resources in order that it could effectively control the new world order that is being imposed by the UN. In reality, there has been a quantum leap in military superiority during the decades following the end of the Soviet Union. Thanks to technology, the American military now stands positioned to enforce its political objectives on the rest of the world if it desires to do so. Not with more nuclear bombs, but with smart bombs and GPS ordnance and air power that can reach targets with pinpoint precision and a minimum of collateral damage. Other nations would not admit it, but they're running scared. One can tell by their rhetoric that they know the implications of American dominance. The trouble is that there's not even an alliance of nations that can rival America's power. September 11 helped America rise to power. Prior to September 11, 2001, America had not had opportunity to demonstrate all of its dormant powers. There have been hints of it during some peacekeeping missions that America was involved in. But after September 11, there was a political realignment. Suddenly, nations like Pakistan, who stood on the sidelines, strategically joined America in the war on terrorism. Even Russia and China, who at one time flirted with the idea of an anti-American alliance, have joined the American camp and have not pressed political competition. But more importantly, September 11 gave America an opportunity to demonstrate its huge military advantage in Afghanistan. The hardened Taliban regime, favored by terrain and climate, was no match for the American military. With a sum total of only 426 men on the ground, America breathtakingly destroyed the fanatical Muslim government with a ferocity that even surprised its allies. And it was done with smart weaponry 
and other high-tech tools of war. There is now no question in international circles that America has risen to the height of worldwide military superiority and dominance. Now the only question that remains among other nations is how to manage themselves in light of this huge unrivaled power. After World War II, the United Nations was theoretically established in an ongoing effort to prevent another world war. But the goal has always been world government. During the Cold War, which many of you remember, no doubt, the UN was an intermediary between the huge competitive powers. While ever this political standoff existed, the United Nations would not have been able to increase in power beyond mere arbitration. The big competition had to stop so that the United Nations could establish its universal governing power by managing smaller conflicts with lesser stakes and thereby build its credibility. The Cold War had to end. When it did, the United Nations could then insert itself with American leadership into local unrest and impose its own solutions. American leaders also recognized that the UN was now a useful means of assisting their own agenda to become more powerful on the world stage. In the last 15 years, America greatly aided the growth of the United Nations' power by building broad-based coalitions with other nations in the name of the UN. But it has always had its own goals in mind. The UN is destined to become the government of the New World Order. But it is also going to be the front organization for the international objectives of the United States of America whenever possible. Now that the UN has become recognized as a legitimate governing body, there is no underlying need for America to exercise the same level of discretion that it used before in building broad-based coalitions with other nations. True, there are still political relationships that need to be cultivated. But deep down, America is about to unleash its political muscle on the whole world. The conflict in Iraq was the first example, with more nations to follow. Just the example that has been made of Iraq is a strong deterrent to other nations hostile to the United States. Libya has reconciled recently with America. Iran, North Korea, Syria, and other nations are under severe diplomatic pressure to yield to the demands of the United States, all because of Iraq. Instead of a United Nations authorized coalition of powers working together for global peace and justice, 
America is now willing to dictate international policy. Even if other nations don't like it, what can they do to stop it? Who can stand up against America? Some nations can veto UN resolutions, but can UN sanctions against America have any force if no nation or even a coalition of nations is able to effectively oppose the American military? American allies have already recognized that America is going to use the United Nations authority as cover for her own purposes. And if the United Nations doesn't cooperate, they can see that America will act on its own or with a coalition of the willing, as President Bush put it. In other words, now that the United Nations has its governmental systems in place, and now that it is recognized as having authority in international politics, America doesn't need to work with all the nations like before. Now it will simply control the UN whenever it can, but will act on its own when it cannot. There are other ways by which America is rising to dominance. The dollarization of South and Central America is underway. Ecuador is the guinea pig in South America. Its official currency is now the U.S. dollar. Dollarization is not about economic development of the host country. It's about control. It aligns the economy of the country with the United States. It does bring certain conveniences, but there is a loss of control. When America controls the economies of a number of South American countries by a dollar system, those countries are at the mercy of American political control as well. Argentina is next, perhaps, and then Venezuela or Bolivia or others. There is talk also of a Federal Reserve Bank in these countries. The Federal Reserve controls the economy of America by manipulating the availability of cash. It will have the same purpose in South America as well. Free trade zones are being developed throughout North and South America. This is not about freedom. It is about control. It is about the whole hemisphere being aligned with the United States and about the United States controlling the economies of these countries and expanding its ability to manipulate the whole region. Another process is taking place. Thousands and thousands of manufacturing and service jobs have been lost in the last decade in the United States to other countries. These jobs have gone offshore to countries like Mexico, China, Taiwan, and Southeast Asia. This is essentially gutting America's middle class and will leave only the rich and the poor, ultimately. When you have that kind of environment, the economy stagnates. 
The rich have no motivation to improve the economy, and the poor are so busy making ends meet that they have no extra money to invest. Coupled with the cost of the military to maintain its global dominance, this will drain America's resources and lead to collapse of its economy. I believe that the timing of this will be related to the coming of the Sunday Law, for national apostasy brings national ruin. No matter how you look at it, the obvious and undeniable fact remains America is rising to much more power than ever before, and this power will corrupt it and make it drunk with blood. First the blood of those who stand in its political path, then with the blood of those who stand in its religious path. Religious implications play no small role. How will Islam and other nations that are not Christian come into line with America's power? How will huge portions of the world that hate America or despise its global ambitions, how are they going to submit to its authority concerning the worship of the first beast? Will there not be more conflict, more terrorist attacks as America pushes against Islam? Certainly. But these token victories for America's enemies will only strengthen America's resolve and justify its actions while deflecting attention from its political ambitions. Notice how Revelation 13 continues in verse 13 and 14. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Some are tempted to think that this reference to fire is about bombs. Have you heard that one before? But this wonder-working power is not referring to the military superiority of the United States. Though damaging, bombs aren't miraculous, and they don't deceive nations. Even nuclear bombs and sophisticated smart weaponry are the result of human ingenuity and technological advancement. America will have access to a supernatural, miraculous power above and beyond its military, and they will use it deceptively, according to Revelation 13. This miraculous power makes it appear that God sides with America. Malachi Martin, in his enlightening book called The Keys of This Blood, made this very interesting statement. There will come a day, John Paul believes, when the heart of Islam, already attuned to the figures of Christ and Christ's mother Mary, will receive the illumination it needs. The Pope, in other words, 
believes that Islam will eventually be illuminated and will join the religious coalition that will rule the world and ultimately persecute God's true people. Imagine the earth on the brink of a great crisis. Terrorists have done much damage. Suppose that in conjunction with the decisions of American leaders, there are miraculous and obviously supernatural interventions on behalf of American interests. Suppose there are also apparitions telling Islam to back off and that Islam must listen to the Pope and seek peace with America. Suppose a kind of supernatural weaponry comes into play on America's behalf that strikes fear into the hearts of Islamic fanatics, such as fire from heaven that no human hand could have devised. What then? It is very significant that American presidents have been very friendly with the Pope and the bishops. Both sides see a very connected future, and so should we. Will Islam, Hinduism, and other religions yield to American global dominance? America will insist that the whole world should worship the image of the beast. All nations will be pressured to worship the papacy by honoring Sunday. Amazing as it may sound, these non-Christian nations will one day align with the Pope and the United States to enforce the global Sunday law and create a universal no-buy, no-sell decree to freeze the assets of God's people and eventually order them executed, according to Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17. They will be left to the mercy uh, and the sustaining hand of God. America is taking the next step in power building. In spite of international political objections, the world is ready for it. Some nations will protest because they don't like the idea of another nation telling them what to do. But they will yield. America could never fulfill its prophetic role unless it has much more power in the coming years than it has had in the past. My dear friends, there are many who do not have the benefit of understanding prophecy like you and I have. They are concerned about what they see. They see ominous developments on the horizon. They see that things in this world are changing forever and not for the better. They are worried. So worried, in fact, that the Bible tells us in Luke 21, verse 26, that men's hearts will fail them for fear because of what is coming upon the earth. Do you remember when Jesus healed the blind man in Mark 8? He spit on his eyes and touched him. What did the man see? Verse 24 tells us he saw men as trees walking. Then Jesus healed him by touching him again 
and he saw every man clearly in verse 25. Many people are like this today. They see the developments in the world and they recognize that something is happening that is very serious, but they don't know how to understand it. They can't see it clearly. They see men as trees walking. They can see only vaguely. They cannot see things clearly like you and I can. They don't have prophecy to make it clear. They are burdened by what they see. Their minds have many questions. Recently, I was sitting next to a pilot on an airplane. She was on her way home from work as a pilot, so she was sitting with the regular passengers. Providentially, I was assigned a seat next to her. As we talked about the events taking place in our world, I began to explain some things to her about the future. With every point I made, she was quick to agree and could see what I said was true. She did not have the benefit of prophecy, so she could only see men as trees walking. But as I unfolded some things to her, she could quickly grasp the truth of the situation. She was ready for more. What was it that made her ready for more? It was the Holy Spirit that had been drawing her attention to these events and the things coming upon the world, and he raised the questions in her mind. All I needed to do was be God's instrument to share with her the larger picture. God put us together so I could do that. You see, it is prophecy that gives us the big picture, my friends. It is prophecy that helps us see the great controversy being played out in the universe and in current events. It is prophecy that gives us a certainty of the future. When you have the big picture, you can then see what happens in the news and tell what is really important from what is not. You know, the news commentators usually magnify those things that are not important and minimize the things that are. We have the privilege to sort it all out and make sense of that which confuses most people. On another occasion, I was sitting next to a man who was a history professor at the University of California, Riverside. His specialty was South American history. Since we both teach history, we hit it off together very quickly. And as we talked, I began to pray that God would open a way into his mind. As we talked about current events, he was very quick to point out certain things that helped me to see that he might be open to a more definite spiritual concept, though he was of no religion at all. He was agreeing with me on almost every point I made concerning the things we are talking about today. He even said that laws are expanding and that some will be drawn into a legal net and prosecuted for things never originally intended in the first place.
I continued to pray that God would lead me. Then he asked me what I see coming in the future. In my heart, I said, Thank you, Lord. I took him back in history and showed him that those who were persecuted the most were Sabbath keepers. This took him by surprise. But I backed it up with historical facts, including Hitler's persecution of the Jews during World War II. His mother was a Jew, and so he could understand. Then I reminded him of what he told me about expanding laws and their unintended victims. I pointed out that if there is a major crisis, that the religious right in America will try to get everyone in church on Sunday by making laws requiring this. Then I asked him, where does that leave us Sabbath keepers? He got the point. I promised to send him a copy of Great Controversy, which I did. He is now in possession of the richest mine of truth available today other than the Bible. I am praying that he will find his way to the truth of God for these last days. Brothers and sisters, we are very near the end of time. The things that are happening are fulfilling the very prophecies that we have long believed. Now is the time for us to share with others the clearest and plainest testimony concerning the nearness of Jesus' coming. Many in this world are ready for it. They are hungering to hear the truth and have their vague impressions given substance. They are looking to you and me. God has appointed us to be His messengers to this darkened world. He will put you together with those who are searching for something more solid than what their ministers have to offer. Go to them. Don't be afraid to tell them what you believe. You know far more about history and prophecy than they do. God has given you the tools in your hands. Keep it simple, but share it. Now watch carefully. We are very near the final rapid movements. Thanks to Bible prophecy, we can see many things shaping up before they happen. Watch and pray. Leave nothing concerning your soul to chance. Let us pray. Father in heaven, it is with grateful hearts that we hear this message. We realize that the end is near. We realize that America is rising to much greater power than ever before. We realize that the world is marshalling her forces for the last great conflict as we watch the terrible events unfolding in this world we are burdened for the souls of those who do not know you and who do not know the truth. We thank you for prophecy that makes this all so clear to us. Help us to share this with others. Let us not miss our opportunity to cooperate with the holy angels in sharing the final warning message and bringing people out of Babylon into the true faith that was once delivered to the saints. 
May we be faithful overcomers today and every day. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.